Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. There are certain holidays that remind us to focus on things that we know are important. For example, Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. But what's Thanksgiving? It's a day of gratitude that reminds us of just how much we have to be thankful for. Another one, Mother's Day, a day to celebrate the impact that moms you have on our lives. New Year's, a time of year where we turn the page on last year and we look at hope to a new year. And there's just something about the new that motivates us to make changes in our lives. Valentine's Day, a day we put a special focus on that special someone. Or guys, it's the one time of year many of us buy flowers. These holidays are important reminders of what's important. But let me ask you a thought-provoking question. Why don't we live this way all year? Why do we need some of these holidays to remind us of these things? At the Ridge, we have our own version of this as a church. It's growing into a holiday season around here. We call it Live Big. For Live Big, we challenge our entire church, and even those who aren't church people, to a season of giving. The idea came from these words of Jesus. He said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus is telling us something that we all know from experience. A life of giving is greater than a life of just receiving. And he's not saying that receiving is bad. I mean, we can't give if we have nothing to give. He's reminding us that our tendency is to believe the exact opposite. You know, and what makes it even harder is that the message of culture is also the exact opposite. You know, the message of culture is this. It is more blessed to receive than give. That the more you have, the happier you'll be. You know, you've probably heard people say this. I've heard people say this. Money and stuff can't buy you happiness. Every time I hear that, I always think, well, I would at least like to try it. But the reality is, I don't need to try it. Neither do you. Because we know from experience, this isn't true. You know, if I said to you, tell me some stories of when you wasted money. None of your stories would go, well, I gave two and they were in need and I regret doing that. Most likely they would go, I bought such and such and now I don't even know where it is. Or I wore it once and it's hanging somewhere and I don't even know where it is. But the allure of culture is so alluring. It's why the message of Jesus is so challenging for us. Well, let me just do a quick review since this is our final week of Live Big. You know, there are three components to live big. We have the give piece, we have the serve piece, and we have the love piece. In week one, we talked about the give piece. And we challenge everyone to give financially to live big. That for a season, our filter is, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to say no to me so I can say yes to others. And I, I gave a reference point for giving. And that reference point was $50 per person. You know, for some, that's living big. For others, it's just a night out to you. You know, living big might be 500 or 1,000, 5,000, 15,000, you know, 100% of it goes to specific needs from great nonprofits who are helping those in need. In other words, we give it all away. So here's how you can give. I was talking with one of our students after service, 
and we were talking about Live Big, and she was like, I can't wait. I'm going to give a generous financial gift this year. I was like, way to go, critical generation. So when it comes to giving, let's finish strong. Let's be generous. This is the last week to do so. And then for week two, I talked about an aspect of the love piece. It's compassion. And here's our definition of compassion. Compassion isn't what we feel. Compassion is love in action. And then last week, we had, this, we had a very, very special guest, Pastor Oleg, who came all the way from Moldova to talk about the importance of serving the least of these, which is a huge part of Live Big. You know, what we do for Live Big, it's showing people that following Jesus is much more than just going to church. It's about being the church in and for our community. Live Big used to actually be a three-week series. And a few years ago, I started to wrestle with this question. You know, like many of the holidays we celebrate, why don't we live this way all year? So a few years ago, we decided to stretch an extra week out of Live Big and end the series talking about this question. And so today, the way that we're going to do this is that by looking at this particular question, how do we live generously all year round? Now, week one, we talked about the why we give, but this week is different. This week, we're going to get real practical with the how. Now, as I say that, you probably had one of two reactions. Now, the first one is this. This scares me. There's just this underlining fear attached to this because of what this might mean or not mean. I mean, does this mean that I I can never go on a nice vacation, can't own a nice home, buy a nice car, buy nice clothes, or eat out ever? Personally, I struggle with this fear because my first reaction is, well, what do I have to go without? Or what will I miss out on? You know, that tension you feel is normal. And these questions are normal. What I hope you discover is just the opposite. That it should scare you not to do this. And I'm going to tell you why at the end of this message. The second reaction is, well, I already do this. I'm already a generous person. You know, for example, you know, in in my house, when the Girl Scouts come, we always give. Because I love the peanut butter Girl Scout cookies. What most of us don't realize is there's a difference between random acts of giving and living generously. Random acts of giving is giving in the moment. I buy Girl Scout cookies when they come to our door. Everybody knows how to do this. But random acts of giving are not generous. They're random acts of giving. Now, the way to understand the difference is similar to how we all consider ourselves good people. You know, if I said to you, hey, are you a good person? If so, raise your hand. You would say, yeah, I am. Now, if I responded with, I don't think you are, here's what you would immediately do besides no longer attend this church. You would tell me about a time you did something that was good. And because you did that, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. Just a little side note, just some free relational advice. This is the reason you can never win an argument with that special person. Because what you accuse that person of, they have an example of when they did whatever you said they never do. We use the same logic with giving. So I'm going to push us today. Because if this is what you do, you do random acts of giving. But you aren't living generously. And as a Jesus follower... This isn't optional. This is our calling. This is our opportunity. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And so I want to begin by talking about three myths 
of generosity that permeate our culture. And I'm going to start with these because I think these will help us see the difference between random acts of giving and actually living generously. Here's the first myth. Generosity is spontaneous. Not true. Spontaneous is spontaneous. Now, I'm not saying spontaneous generosity is a bad thing. Uh, Years ago, I was at this concert, and they had this intermission time. Band was going to take a break and all that stuff. So this guy came out, and he started talking about the importance of sponsoring a child. And he had all these stats and pictures, and his voice kind of cracked, you know, when he spoke. And there's emotion attached to it. He even heaped a little bit of guilt on us. I was emotionally moved. And I, and I felt guilty even. So I sponsored a child. And listen, I'm glad I sponsored a child. That was a really good thing. Spontaneous is usually based on things like emotion, and there may be some guilt put in there. But here's the thing about spontaneous. Even greedy people will give spontaneously. To live generously has very little to do with spontaneous. Myth number two, the amount is what matters. Once again, not true. You can't understand dollars without contests. Let's just say this. Let's just say there are two people who want to give to a certain organization. One person gives $500, but they only make $50,000 a year. The other person gives $5,000, but they make a million dollars a year without context. We would say, well, the person who gave $5,000 was generous. In reality, the one who gave $500 gave less in amount, but was more generous. Jesus even talked about this whole idea. There was a time he was at the temple watching people give their offering. You know, we think the offering time is like the least important part of the service. (laughs) Not to Jesus. How uncomfortable. Think about this. How uncomfortable to think of him watching us give. Well, this is what he was doing. And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the, the, the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. How did he know they were rich? because of how they were dressed. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. How did Jesus know she was a poor widow? Because of how she was dressed and most likely she was alone. Calling his disciples to him, and so he's gonna use this as a teaching moment for them. Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave, they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put put in everything, all she had to live on. Jesus must not have been a numbers person because she didn't put in more. She put way less in. Jesus gives us a new filter for generosity, a kingdom filter. Generosity isn't about an amount. It's about the level of sacrifice. The rich people who gave, didn't affect their life at all. The widow, it affected her entire life. We hear stories of people giving big gifts and our reaction is is often, man, it's so generous. But what's a lot to me because of my income and financial situation might not be a lot to you or vice versa. Third and final myth, rich people are generous. 
Definitely not true. Rich people are rich. Generous people are generous. Not the same thing. The reality is, is that the more a person has, the less generous they are. A recent study showed that Florida, Texas, California, and Arizona ranked near the bottom of the most charitable states. And they have some of the most wealth in our country. I have had the opportunity to lead both our church and other churches through capital campaigns. And what a capital campaign is, is that we go through a season where we ask everyone to sacrifice so that we can expand to help more people find Jesus. Across the board, those with less gave more from a percentage standpoint than those with more. Why is this, do you think? I thought about this. I think one of them is just a mindset. I think one reason is that, is that the more you have, it's like the more you have to lose. And I also think if you make less, there's just a greater empathy factor there. It's like you can still relate to some degree. The less a person has oftentimes, the more generous they are when it comes to generosity in the way that Jesus measures generosity. So generous living, what does it look like? How can we live this way? Now, as I talk about this, I'm I'm just gonna warn you. For some of you, this is going to mean reprioritizing some things in your life. And listen, that's okay. For others, it's gonna mean being honest with yourself and just letting go of this lie of, I'm already generous. No, you're a random giver. But if you would be willing to wade into the deep end, so to speak, and be open to trusting God with this part of your life, you'll experience what Jesus said. And more than just a good feeling here or there, it will be a way of life that you will be glad is your way of life. Now, let me give you a definition of living generously that I created. I had a little help, but I I came up with this. All right, here it is. You ready? Here it is. Living generously is the predetermined, pre-calculated release of financial assets to help others. Pretty inspiring, isn't it? I can't believe that no one probably clapped for that. Well, here's what we're going to do. We are actually going to walk through this definition because this seemingly uninspiring definition is the path to living generously, which is an inspiring way to live rather than just random acts of giving. Now let's look at the first word, predetermined. Here's what this means. Generous people have a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's impossible to be a generous person. If you don't have a plan, you will continue to confuse random acts of giving with true generosity. Ron Blue, who years ago wrote just a bunch of books on financial management, stewardship. In one of his first books, he said there are basically five things we can do with our money. And here are the five things. We can spend it, repay debt, pay your taxes, save, and give it. Now look at this order for a minute. This is the order most Americans live when it comes to their money. Unfortunately, research shows this is also the order most Jesus followers live. Now let's look at this by just from another perspective. You know, we look at, we look at the first one. You know what? That's about me. The second one, which is repay debt. You know, that's about me because I'm paying off something I bought for me. Uh, the government, let me just say this. You need to pay the government, all right? Otherwise, me is going to be in jail. Uh, save is about me. And then the last one, give, which is about others. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower, you just ignore this part. 
But if you are a Jesus follower, and this is a reflection of your money management, not only are you not living generously, but you're not following Jesus. When we read through the Gospels, the whole idea of following Jesus is to put other people first because he put us first. You can't put others last in any capacity, and that includes our money. Why did Jesus say so much about money? The answer is not because Jesus needed people's money. The answer is Jesus understood just the power that money has on our lives. Jesus so brilliantly said this. He said, for where your treasure is, money, there your heart will be also. Think about how powerful this is. Jesus is saying money can determine the direction our heart goes. Last year, I decided to invest a whopping $100 in Bitcoin. I know what you're thinking, a little bit late to the game, I know. Now, I didn't care about it before, but after making even that small investment, now I do. And now that $100 is worth about $20. Money has that much influence in our lives. You know what this means? If you wanna have a greater heart for God, if that's what, that's what you want, Start giving to what matters to God and your heart will follow. Now, I know the topic of money, especially giving in church. You know, people don't like that. I get it. Listen, we talk about it not because God wants our money, wants our heart. And he can't get our hearts without us putting him first in this area of our lives because that's the power of money. We are called to be others first people. And if people are last in how we give, we're not others first people. Next word, pre-calculated. Pre-calculated means pre-decided. That generous people, they pre-decide. They don't wait to be asked. They have a pre-decided or they've already pre-decided amount or a percentage, which is actually better because it puts everyone on a level playing field. It's like, here's the percentage we're giving away, and it's as good as given. Years ago, I received some, some advice that has been life-changing for me and our family. But at first, when I got it, it was a huge struggle for me. So here was the advice. When you do your budget for the year, set not just savings goals, which we were setting savings goals, but giving goals. And start with the giving goals. Now, at first, I'll be honest with you, it just felt completely backwards for me almost a little bit careless. It's like, oh, giving first? First time we did it. I kept over and over again going, well, what about my needs? And what about my family needs? And are we going to miss out on? I kept going back to that fear that I talked about earlier that, that I have. So we tried it. And we have never looked back since. Now, each year, we set giving goals first. And as a result, we're giving away more than we ever have. And just like Jesus said, we're happier about it. If you don't do this, you should set giving goals. And like me, probably for most of us, it's going to feel a little careless, even a little backwards. There's going to be fear attached to it. But just set aside a percentage to the things you feel called to give to, which, by the way, we're going to come back to in just a minute. And when you do the giving goals, let the giving goals come first. Jesus said it this way. He said, but seek what? First, his kingdom and his righteousness and then guess what? All these things will be given to you as well. One of the most practical ways to do this 
It's through how we manage our money. I have pre-decided that this money right here, it's as good as gone. You know, another part of pre-deciding is where it goes. That generous people have already pre-decided this is where it's going because these are the things that are important to me. Pastor uh, Andy Stanley, I love this. He, he said we should ask two questions. And these questions are just these are really powerful and potent questions. Here's the two questions that he says that we should ask. The first one is this. What am I grateful for? What has benefited you and your family? If you're a Jesus follower, hopefully you are grateful for your local church. If so, you should have a plan for giving to your church. Last month, we did baptisms at our Greenfield campus. And I was, I was in the crowd and I'm listening to people tell their stories. And man, there are people, they were telling their stories about being set free from bondage, from, from addictions and other things. People that were far from God, finding their way, way, way to him. Kids and students, they're sharing their stories. I'm just sitting in the crowd. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I am in. Not just because Jesus commands me to, but I'm so grateful at just how God is changing lives through this church. Sometimes I, I hear Jesus followers say, well, I don't want to give to the church. I'm like, what? I don't get that. Take out the command part of it for just a minute. Have you benefited? We get so used to it that we lose sight of what God is doing. Listen, if not, find a local church you are benefiting from and give there. First question, what am I grateful for? Second question, what breaks my heart? What stirs your heart? Oh, I can't stand that this is happening. I have to do something about that. One of the things I love about Live Big is it introduces us to just great organizations that are on the front lines of things like poverty and fostering, addiction-related issues, just to name a few. Each year, I have people say to me, I just want to let you know, I'm going to start giving to such and such organization after Live Big. And you know what I'm like? I'm like, great, be generous. What breaks your heart? For our family, it's kids in poverty. For you, it might be things like sex trafficking, poverty, caring for the elderly. It might be next generation stuff. It might be certain illnesses and diseases that really have just have grabbed your heart. Whatever it is, set aside an amount and give to them. Final part of the definition, release of financial assets. I want you to do something for me. I want you to take your hands, I want you to close it tight like this. I want you to just hold it really tight until it hurts. Just keep holding, just keep holding, just keep holding it. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Now open it. I feel good. The idea of release is us going from closed to open-handed, to giving it away. We release control of something that for many of us controls us. By financial assets, I mean money and stocks and bonds, crypto, which is not worth a whole lot anyways right now. But whatever it is, it's whatever God has given you. We get a plan, we pre-decide, we release, and you will be well on your way to living big all year round because you're going to be living generously. Now let me just throw this in there. Here's what else will happen if you do this. You'll go from spend and pay off, ta pay off, taxes, save and give to what we teach around here because this is the biblical way to do it. We give first, we save second, and then we live on the rest. When we start with give, here's what's interesting. 
it actually has this domino effect on how we live. You know, we, we give first, we'll find ourselves saving more, and we will actually live more responsibly. But giving, giving is the entire key. That impacts everything else. So as we wrap up, Live Big 2022, let me just say I'm so proud of our church. Just for how seriously you take this. This was actually the first year. This was so great. I had people asking me before it started, like, when are we going to do Live Big this year? When are we going to do Live Big this year? I love that. I hope that continues to happen. And if you haven't given financially or God is leaving you to give more, just do it. Be generous and so we can give away as much as we can. I also want to challenge you to take steps to live big all year round by living generously. And the way I want you to do that is to have a plan and then pre-decide. And then you know what? And then just release it away. And if that scares you, guess what? It shouldn't. What should scare you is living another season of your life without doing this because generous people are the happiest people. Because we can just go back to what Jesus said when he said, it is more what? Blessed to give than to receive. Blessed means happy. So you want to be happy? Then let's do what our king says. Let's not give every once in a while when moved. Let's follow the calling of Jesus to live generously. Not only will we grow in our faith, and we will because our heart will move with our treasure. And not only will we make a bigger difference in the lives of those around us, but we'll give more than we ever thought possible. We will save more and consume less. And you know what will happen? We'll be happier for it. And you know what else? I think the more blessed refers to God blessing us when we give. Because God's blessing always, always follows a generous giver. So part of the happiness we experience is not just because we give. It's because we experience the divine pleasure of the one who is the ultimate giver. Let me pray for us. Father, uh, I thank you for another season of really being challenged by the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That What does that look like in our lives? And Father, I would pray that this wouldn't be just a four-week challenge, but this would be an all-year journey that we are on. Father, as we wrestle through what does it mean to live generously versus random acts of giving, uh, Father, for some of us, this is a little scary. For others of us, we just hold on to the fact, well, I'm just living generously and we have stories on that, all that stuff. God, may we just let go of those things. And may we be willing to put together a plan and pre-decide. And then ultimately, God, may we live open-handedly because you've called us to live open-handedly. Father, we want to be known as generous people because we follow a generous, generous, beyond definition of generous God. So Father, thank you for the calling. Thank you for the opportunities. I pray, God, that we would give away tons and tons of money and it would go to help tons and tons of people in need. And God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of that process, to be a part of your story in our community. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.